Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Thanks to Steve Smith Sr. for joining us. Always a good conversation, a good time. Although somebody said to me on the text line, TC said, KB, why does Steve Smith hate the fans? And I don't think Steve Smith hates the fans at all. I think Steve is a with us or against us, us against the world type of guy. Um, Maybe tribal's a bit strong, but I think it fits. And while I would never presume to to speak for Steve, uh, I think he said what he said right there. He, He feels like there are a lot of fans that... You know, are wishy-washy. Look, fans say all the time, there was a new batch of Panther fan that showed up in 2015 during the Super Bowl run, and, you know, they weren't the same as the folks that have been around since the beginning and uh, so on and so forth. So, I, again, I, I when you say, why does Steve hate the fan? I, he doesn't hate fans, all of them, but I also think that, you know, he's very clear in how he feels about loyalty and, and sticking to a side and so on and so forth. So, you could take it or leave it. What I can say is Steve Smith remains my most downloaded interview week to week on this show above all others right i mean i I get the people on the text line oh steve he always wants to argue and fight and he always goes at the fans that's fine i get it i appreciate the feedback but as i told a guy a couple of weeks ago without fail on this show the most downloaded interview every single month on this show is steve smith senior so there you go. It's either that, or if we have a guy like Dan. Well, I, mean, I, I don't care about the yeah. the, the behind ba- the inside baseball. It is Steve Smith. He is the most downloaded podcast interview on the show, week by week, month by month. So yeah. it is what it is. Uh, we appreciate him stopping by seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. But let's see here. We, we have a busy show. Speaking of Panthers, or rather Charlotte sports legends, Del Curry, sixteen seventeen minutes away. He got to call a game. He, he's called plenty of games that his sons were involved in. Steph and Seth. He got to call a game with Seth playing in a Charlotte Hornets jersey on Saturday and not just a Hornets jersey, but number 30, wearing Dell's jersey. And it was really cool. And the Hornets were a hell of a lot more, like instantly, like that. They put grown-ups on the bench and they were a ton more fun to watch. And I mean that with respect to some of the outgoing guys, but I'm talking about the depth too. They were grown-ups on the bench in terms of depth, not a bunch of 22 and 23-year-old second-round projects. And all of a sudden, the Hornets looked like, at least for a night, looked like a professional basketball team again. It was amazing. So we'll get to all that with Del Curry in 16 minutes. But right now, it's the best audio in sports. What did you say? You what? What did you say? Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. What did I hear you say? What I mean by that is... All right, what you got over there? What's on the menu? All right, with the Chiefs winning another Super Bowl, we have already had the discussion surrounding the greatness of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and rightfully so. But I think this time around specifically, more people are starting to give more praise to Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, as Ryan Clark was with Scott Van Pelt last night on ESPN and noted how big of a role he played specifically in the second half for the Chiefs. 
saw Steve Spagnola dial up the pressure and none bigger than late in the game when they're forcing Brock Purdy into a throwaway in the red zone. But you saw it throughout the second half. Trent McDuffie was amazing the entire day. We watched backers from the second level put pressure on Brock Purdy and when the defensive line needed to step up, they did as well. Steve Spagnola once again showed us why he is the best big game defensive coordinator of our generation. And I like that title. Best big game defensive coordinator. And there's there's to say there's something to be said for that is an understatement. This guy's the most decorated defensive coordinator of all time now. Um he was apparently quietly well not I think I believe he was given a contract extension is the latest reporting. I'll double check that, but either I way, would. it's coming. Um if it hasn't been done already. I can't imagine they'll let him go anywhere. The question that I think a lot of folks have on their minds is okay, does Spags get another shot as a head coach at some point? Like, I, I don't know if that's in the cards for him, but but listen, if anybody's earned another shot, yeah, it's the arguably greatest defensive coordinator of all time. I'm sure you know Wade Phillips might take some issue with that, but like Steve Spagnolo, yeah. But it's also like you just want to keep on doing what you're doing, you know? Yeah, because what you have right now is good. Like you, he is essentially, and I he's essentially the Bud Foster of the NFL in some ways. Him and Andy Reid are essentially a duo now. Like, those guys have been together for nearly a decade, and it's essentially honest. I can't say they're the missing piece because Andy Reid has some great defense with Jim Johnston, or Johnson in uh, Philly, but, like, you can't see one without the other at this point. I'm with you. I personally hope that he gets another chance if he wants one. I mean, he's 64 years old. He's not old, right? But he's running out of time if he wants to do it again. So maybe next offseason, because all the jobs have been filled at this point, but maybe next offseason, if you, I don't know, maybe he just, maybe it's a Dick LeBeau ride into retirement for him. But what a job he's done. What else you got? All right. Now that the season has ended, offseason speculation is in full force. And earlier today on the Pat McAfee show, Adam Schefter made it sound like the Steelers are a team to watch when it comes to finding a new quarterback. We know that Pittsburgh's going to go out and get some type of quarterback, whether that's Ryan Tannehill, uh, whether that's Russell Wilson, whether that's Justin Fields. uh, Justin Fields, I know. uh, Mike Tomlin's a big fan of Justin Fields. We'll keep that in mind during the offseason in the coming weeks. Wow. So there'll be a decision that that organization has to make in terms of the quarterback that they want to bring in. Uh, but they're not just going to leave it as Kenny Pickett, his starting job. Mike Tomlin made that very clear. So now it's which of these quarterbacks do they make a move for? Justin Fields. Like, if you're going for one of those guys, doesn't it sound like Justin Fields is probably the preferred candidate for Mike Tomlin? It's not the first time we've heard that about Mike Tomlin liking Justin Fields, by the way. And is it a foregone conclusion that Chicago's moving off of him? Yeah, with them having the number one pick, it's kind of made it seem like that. I, I'm just saying, I, I was listening to some coverage. In fact, I listened to some Chicago sports radio last week. I know a lot of folks up there want him to, but the point's been made that, you know, some of Fields' you know counterparts, some of his teammates have made their their preference known. They want Fields to stick around. Um, they think the better plan is, is to surround him with talent as opposed to moving on. I understand Caleb Williams is alluring. What would you do? I put you in that seat, Smoke. You pull the trigger on the next move for Chicago. Are you trading him and taking Williams, or are you surrounding Justin Fields with top-end talent? I only have to pick between these two, right? Correct. Okay. Honestly, I might mm, I might keep Fields and give it one more shot, but it's also one of the situations where you, you don't know how many shots, times you're going to be choosing at number one. 
Okay. So it's kind of a tough situation. And if you miss out on the guy, even if you have questions about Caleb Williams, and I think that's fair. I do. Yeah, I have questions about him too, but it's also one of those situations it's like if you have questions about him, you don't know how many shots you're going to have. And I, the reason I asked you if, if I had to pick between those two, because if I was in Chicago's shoes right now, I would uh, trade J.J. McCarthy. No, I okay. would trade Justin Fields and take Drake May. But you didn't give me that option. No, no, I know. That's why I, I kept it that way for a reason. I'll ask the audience. All right, it's painful. I get that because they have our first round pick up there in the Windy City. But if you were them, what would you do? 704-570-9610. Are you taking Williams automatically or, you know, do you double down, triple down on top end talent around Justin Fields? Add to what they've got already in DJ Moore, let's say. 704-570-9610. Tell me, what else you got? New life has been invigorated into the Hornets organization over the past couple of days, including two Charlotte residents now being a part of the team. One of those men is Grant Williams. As the former Providence Day star told the media before Saturday's win over the Grizz, what he wants to bring to this organization. The number one thing is just professionalism, um, really coming in with the right mentality of um, doing everything the right way, whether it's, you know, coming in on time, being able to be here and present, being able to get an extra work at night, you know, just, you know, lead them in a way that I was led when I first got into the league. And just a sense of, you know, security and communication because we're all at the same age, we're all surrounded by the same temptations, same energies. So um, being able to give that guidance mindset of saying what's important, you know, being able to understand that basketball's got to come first. That's the kind of the name that I got from Chris Paul when I first got into the league is keep basketball as a priority because without any of it, without basketball, you don't have anything else, anything else on the outside that you enjoy or want to celebrate with and do. So um, making sure that we prioritize winning, prioritize playing team basketball, and prioritize being for one another because you know no one's going to be able to experience the things that we experience in this life because they're not going to be in the same position. So um, you have a sense of, a, of brothers here that you can rely on and trust. Oh, that's music to my ears. Can we get like two more of him in the locker room, please? Professionalism, prioritizing basketball. Can we get like two or three more Grant Williamses in the locker room, please? And also how refreshing is it uh, to see a guy stand up there on, on the podium and talk about how he grew up with the logo. He, he remembers the Bring Back the Buzz campaign. Which is crazy. It is crazy, right? <laughs> but it's wild to listen to it. It's so cool. And, and I'm just so glad to have him and Seth back. And we'll talk about that with Del Curry here in about 10 minutes. What else you got? We end with a former Hornet in Dennis Smith Jr., who is now in Brooklyn with the Nets. But last week, Kyle, he thought he was a Raptor for a moment. Thanks to a Woj typo and a trade that sent Spencer Dinwiddie to Toronto. And Dennis Smith Jr. was asked about his range of motions during that time where he thought he was a Raptor. I had knew where Spence was gonna go because you know that's that's my homie. So I'm like, all right, Spence going to the Raptors. So I tell him that on the phone, and I got uh, I got bro tweets on whoa. So all his tweets that come right on my phone as soon as he tweet them on deadline day. And uh, I'm like, yeah, Spence going there, boom boom. And I'm on Facetime, and I see my name pop up. And I'm like, man, hell nah. So I click on it. Dennis Smith Jr. traded to the Raptors, and I'm like, had a knot in my stomach, bro. Time I was sick. And then uh, I tell him, and he like, nah, no way, no way. And I look at my phone, and it say Andy Bird song. He calling me as I seen it. And I've been traded before mid mid year, so I'm like, he finna deliver the news. So I'm looking at that thing, I'm like, I ain't finna answer this. <laughs> then I was like, nah, I'ma answer. So then I press answer, and he was like, nah, 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 it's a typo. You good? You staying here? Like, don't worry. So I start hitting everybody. Like, man, that's cat. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> How many people in that moment like hit you up, like you know, wishing you the best, the next chapter? Nah, my phone was blowing up. I ain't even, I ain't even getting no pregame nap that day. <laughs> it's pretty good smoke. I got nothing to add to that. 
<laughs> I mean, getting traded north of the border, I'd say that at least gives you what he described right there. Missy DSJ. Yeah. That's uh, what did you say? The best audio in the world of sports. Texter's blowing us up on the text line. Uh, a lot of reaction to the what would you do if you were Chicago and you had the first pick? Would you keep Fields? Uh, rumors have it that Mike Mike Tomlin and Pittsburgh have their eye on Justin Fields. If you're Chicago, would you keep him and, and stack talent around him? Would you trade down even? Or would you take Caleb Williams first overall? Uh, Ahmed said he'd trade down if he were the Bears and get the massive haul that would set them up for the future. If Fields doesn't work out, they'll have plenty of future picks from that trade to grab Shadur Sanders or one of the top 25 quarterbacks. Um, I, okay, I like, I'm seeing a lot of that. Uh, 704 number says, if Caleb Williams is the next Mahomes, which it looks like, I would jettison Fields as soon as you look at this text. Fitterer should have never gave them this year's first round. Okay. You're saying if Caleb Williams is the next Mahomes, which it looks like. Why does it look like that? Because he makes some off-script plays? Because, I mean, Kyle, Zach Wilson made a lot of off-script plays. You want to watch that Notre Dame game again? I I just, I'm telling y'all, if I'm not declaring Caleb Williams is going to be a bust, but I just don't see this generational thing that some people are talking about. If there's any quarterback that has generational traits in this draft, it's Drake May, and I'm not being a homer. No, you're a Duke fan. Yeah. You're, you, that's a Duke fan saying that about a Carolina quarterback. And you'll get some pushback. You'll get some some argument on that, too. All I'm saying is with Caleb Williams, I don't see generational the way that some people do. Anyway, that's what did you say the best audio in the world of sports? Del Curry, Hornets legend, Bally Sports color commentator, and a proud papa on Saturday. Del Curry next. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming up Tuesday morning on the Mac and Bone Show, we got to start looking at this Panther free agent group. Who are we keeping and how much money are we giving them? Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Short and sweet. I was on the couch Saturday watching that one. Uh, just wrapped up the pregame show, threw the game on. And look, it was a little bit into the game, but uh, you heard it right there. Courtesy of Valley Sports, Seth Curry picking up a loose ball, lining it up at the top of the key, holding the follow through, knocking it down. And that was Del Curry Pop saying, welcome home, son. And uh, I can lie. 
They, you know, might have got a little bit, uh, you know, misty in my living room when that happened. Boy, we got unlimited Hornets news, it seems like today. Uh, on top of the uh, incredible performance on Saturday, the return home of Seth Curry and Grant Williams, all the trades that were made. Uh, what else? Gerald Wallace crash being <laughs> honored on Saturday night. Brandon Miller leading all rookies in points, steals, and threes this month. It's not as if we didn't have enough things to discuss already with the Hornets. And then on top of it earlier today, uh, news breaking that Mitch Kupchak would be moving into an advisory role and that the search for a new president of basketball operations would begin. So let's tackle as much of it as we can with Del Curry, Hornets legend, Bally Sports color commentator, alongside the great Eric Collins, our buddy Del Curry, back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline dc it has been too long brother how you been kyle been great man it's getting better it has been a while but uh <laughs> it's all good <laughs> having a good week so far uh i'm gonna tell you something man i don't know if it's because i'm a new dad and i've just been having babies the last couple of years and i'm experiencing all this for the first time but something about and i would have thought it was cool no matter what but sitting there Saturday, watching you line it up, son, hold the follow through, welcome home. What what was that like for you? My goodness, man! I tell you what, it was a, it was an emotional day. The trade the the, the day the, the trade deadline day it went through. I was on the phone with Seth most of the day. Um, you know, he, a couple of our teams were involved, so we were like, hey, just wait it out, see what happens. Uh, hit my buddy Buzz Peterson, like man, pull the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> and he just laughed. It, it, but a lot. of you know, a lot of times those things don't turn out, don't happen, but this one did. And it was, it was an emotional day. More emotional, I think, the, the day it happened uh, than on the game Saturday night. Um, you know, gro- growing up here, watching his dad play, like he said, he'd always envisioned that. And I get asked all the time, when are you going to get one of your sons back in town? When they're coming? I'm like, dude, I, I have no idea. Hopefully one of them will before their career ends. And lo and behold, here it is, uh, Seth. And that, that that arena was had a different energy in it than, than I've seen most of the year. Every, the first two times he took a shot, they were, people were just, please go in. Uh, so that third one, when he made it, I was like, please go in. So these people can give him something to go home with. But no, it, it was it, it's a different energy in the building. You could tell it. Not just because of Seth, big part of it, but. I think because of the the way the Hornets are transitioning, making making differences, making things happen uh, to try to get this organization back on track. No, look, and I, I don't want to belabor the point, and I'm sure you don't want to spend the whole time talking about yourself, but it, it, it's it's just such a cool story, Dell. Like, when did you know he was going to wear number thirty? And um, you know, just a bit more specifically, when you saw him walk out with number thirty for the first time, did, did, was it hard to keep it together? Oh, it was, no doubt, man. I I got to talk to him in the back. Uh, in the hallway there before the game, so so you know that that helped a lot when we had to go on air and, and then uh, talk about it and when I and seeing him walk out and then seeing all the pictures and everybody sending me the, the side by sides of me and him when he was you know four or five years old, my lap in an interview and watching Cannon or, or Cash. I got so many grandkids I can't keep up, but Cash, his son, um, a lot of emotions that day. Um, so hopefully tonight it'll be a little more calm, and we'll we'll, uh, we'll play a much better team. Uh, and and they've had some time to play together, but it's super emotional uh, having Seth back here playing for his hometown team, a team that he grew up watching and, and learned how to play the game watching. Uh, and then you know bringing my three grandkids with him, it's, it's a great time. 
Del Curry, Hornets legend, Valley Sports color analyst. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. So you're right. I mean, the energy inside the building, you, you could tell it, um, you know, on the TV broadcast on Saturday. I've seen the videos. It was amazing, right? And it was the new look Hornets. A bunch of guys coming in. Some guys, unfortunately, got waived and are being sent down to the G League. But a bunch of new faces. And I got to go back to Thursday's trade deadline. You know, it, that was the last act of, of Mitch Kupchak as the president of basketball operations and general manager. How would you grade him? How well do you think he did on Thursday? I think Thursday was his best moment. Um, you know, he, he went out on top. And, and again, like all the, the articles and all the press releases, this was something that was planned. Um, so Mitch, very experienced guy. I mean, he, he knows everything comes to an end sooner or later. Um, still excited that he's going to be involved in the organization in some capacity. Uh, but I think he, he did his finest work uh, his last hour, you know, getting his team some players who were are available to play, some veteran guys who want to play, still a lot to play for, and, and know how to play um, to give this city some kind of excitement looking forward. So happy that Mitch is, is going to be around. We're still going to see him. Uh, great guy, and uh, he, he did everything he could do to help the team help this franchise get to where it wants to be. I, I want to make sure we show a little love to the other local kid, Grant Williams, coming in. And he talked in his press or his media availability on Friday about you know professionalism, but you know, what do you see him bringing to this locker room? He is a guy that doesn't stop talking, and we, that was very evident in his press conference. He, he elaborated a lot about any kind of question anybody asked. So a lot of energy, um, very mature, very very grown up guy. I mean, the biggest thing to play in your hometown is, and it may seem like a small thing to most people, but handling the tickets—that's <laughs> the big thing. You got <laughs> a lot of family, and he said, "I told him, hey, I get four games. You guys figure it out." Uh, first game Saturday night, I think he said his mom got a box. But uh, going forward, I get four tickets. Here they go. You guys figure it out. Uh, but I don't want to be bogged down with that. And, and Seth's the same way. Even you know, when Seth came here and played once a year when, it, when he was playing for West Coast teams, uh, he was not one to say you knew that you, the schedule came out. You knew it was out when I was coming. Save up, buy your tickets because it's not on me. So that part's easy. But Grant's going to be a voice in the locker room coming from uh, the Celtics and, and then Dallas where it didn't work out. Um, a lot of speculation there between him and Luca, but I know he's happy to be here and uh, get get meaningful minutes and, and be a bigger voice in the locker room than he was in Dallas. Speaking of, uh, of meaningful minutes, like I, I know what Davies Bertans is. I, I like that he's here. I, I know what they're trying to get out of Trey Mann. I get the idea, and it's not that I don't want to talk about those guys, but can we talk about the 30-year-old rookie? I mean, Vasily Michich comes in 18 points, 8 of 13 shooting, 26 minutes, 9 assists. He's all over the place. And, you know, within 48 hours, he's suddenly a fan favorite. Dell, what do you think of this guy? <laughs> you know, we played OKC uh, last week, I don't know, 10 days ago, and when he got in the game, uh, when the game was over, he – he touched the ball. He's moving around. We go to commercial, and I tell Eric, I'm like, this guy can play. Uh, he, 30-year-old rookie, but he can play. And Eric goes, how do you tell? I'm like, his movements, the way he, he handles the basketball, he's cutting and moving. Uh, and if he plays with guys that knows how to play, he, he's going to be uh, someone who, who can be productive on the floor. And you saw that the other night. Guys know how to play. Everybody's touching the ball. The space that he has to work with, uh, like Cliff said, he's a bigger guy. He doesn't move as fast as anybody else, but he knows angles. He changes speeds. Uh, shot the ball better. I didn't. I didn't know how, what kind of shooter he was. Shot the ball uh, well enough to to be a, a threat out there, and then get into the rim as well. He's 
I would love playing with a guy like that because he can set you up, give you the ball in situations where you have to do catch and shoot. Uh, he's going to make other players around him better. Um, so I thought that was a big pickup, and obviously with his contract, he's going to be here for a while. Yeah, I was thinking backup point guard, and I was like, oh, it's Trey Mann's job, right, personally. And it's it's not that I hadn't seen anything from Meechich. I was like, but, you know, they're bringing over Trey Mann. Clearly that's who they want to be the backup point guard. And then I see Meechich on Saturday, and it's just unbelievable. And I started thinking about it. You're a baseball fan. I started thinking about Ichiro Suzuki, right? Ichiro comes over at like 28, 29 years old to play for the Seattle Mariners. Baseball and basketball are clearly different, but, you know, he's a 30-year-old rookie. How, how long can he play in the NBA as a 30-year-old rookie? <laughs> I think he did just about everything he wanted to do over in Europe. He's like, okay, it's time for me to go over and, and, and play with just the best in the world. Yeah. Um, he, he's 30. Uh, I don't know what his body is like, how, how, you know, beat up he is coming over. But looks good so far. I think he's got a, another two years left on his deal. He can definitely fulfill his contract, and I think he can have the same type of role as a backup point guard. Comes in to keep everything organized. Uh, great passer, knows the game. He can definitely do that for, for a couple of more years. So beyond that, I, I have no idea. Uh, Dell, a couple quick things I'll let you go. I, I've heard you talk about Brandon Miller on the broadcast. I've heard a lot of things said about Brandon Miller, but um, you know, I, I know what your eye is for the game. Like you just said, you're watching Meechich last week. You spot it. Hey, that guy can play what's Brandon Miller's ceiling? I don't know any other way to ask it because he looks right now. He's leading all rookies in the NBA in points, steals and threes in the month of February, averaging 25 points per game. You know, he's gotten more minutes, more shots, but the efficiency hasn't gone down. His numbers have like, how good do you think this kid can be? Well, the, the comparison is Paul George. Um, that's pretty good. comparison. Yeah. Uh, I, I, his, I think his ceiling is he's a hungry player, so I don't want to put a ceiling on his game. Uh, he's going to be a better facilitator as he gets uh, more experience in the game. I think the big thing for him is that he was able to get experience and play through his mistakes this year. The guy is, is hungry. He's a competitor. Uh, he wants to play every single night. He's already a voice in the locker room. We had him mic'd up, and you could tell he's a he, he is liked amongst his teammates. Uh, knockdown shooter. Now he's going to go to the All-Star game, play in the Rising Stars, get to rub elbows with some other guys, talk 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 shop, talk basketball. Everything is lining up for him to be an all-star caliber player uh, for the Hornets for many years to come. Uh, he he does it all on the offensive end, still learning how to not foul, stay in the game defensively. That will come with time as, as well. But he, he's a guy that loves the, the, the game of basketball, loves coming to the gym, loves to compete. And, th- again, that's a Mitch Kupchak draft pick that he got it right. Um, and, and Brandon Miller is going to be a guy that, that that's going to be an anchor for this team for a long time. All right, real real quick, Lamelo, you're giving him. Let's say you're giving him advice on the off season. He comes to you, Dell. Where do I go next? What do I do next? I, you know, what are you telling him? Where's the next step for him? Is it all about health? All about health, no doubt. He, he's got to work on his body, get it right, get his, get comfortable in knowing that he's fully healthy. Uh, weight room rehab. Uh, you know, same thing that Steph did early in his career when when he had ankle troubles. It was the same type of thing. You feel healthy, but mentally, you, you may not feel like you're 100. Um, percent And that back that that doesn't give you the confidence that you need to play your game. So it's all about physicality and and him getting his body right in the off season to come back as strong as he can. Because he's no good if he's not on the floor. Obviously, uh, Hornets have paid him to be that max player. Uh, He is a max player when he's on the floor, but he's got to get on the floor to help the franchise.
All right, then, last thing. Uh, I think we we all kind of safely assume that Brandon Miller, LaMelo Ball, they're, they're part of the core of this team. What, what about Miles Bridges, and especially the way that he's played as of late? Is Miles part of the future of this organization? Well, uh, you know, Miles, from what I'm hearing, he, he uh, wanted to stay here for the trade deadline. Uh, I think the, the ball's in his court as far as a contract now. His, his bird rights are here. I, I don't know um, if, if not knowing what Miles is thinking, what his, what his team is thinking as far as the contract. I know he likes Charlie, he likes the teammates. Uh, Charlie gave him another chance, so he's a loyal guy in that aspect. But going forward, I think w- when you find that new GM, you got to figure out what his vision is for the team and does Miles fit, fit in that vision. Uh, and can they come to some kind of agreement? But uh, it, that's a lot of speculation on, on either end. Love it. Dell. we appreciate you as always. Looking forward to seeing you again soon, brother. Thank you for the time. Bye, right, Kyle. Thanks for having me, man. Anytime. Dell Curry, Hornets legend, Valley Sports color analyst on the call tonight with EC as the Hornets take on the Indiana Pacers. Uh, we got your pregame right here at 6 o'clock. Travis T-Bone Hancock will join me. He took the night off on Saturday. I get to work with Willie P on Saturday. So uh, we got Bone back in the house tonight. And we've got the Hornets and the Pacers. What should be? Let me look real quick. What do you, before, without looking smoke? What do you think the over/under in this game will be? Two forty-five. Not quite that high. Two thirty-eight and a half. Okay. Pacers favored by sixteen and a half points. I think. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Opened at sixteen and a half. It's since been driven down to nine and a half. I was going to say uh, a lot of money came in on Charlotte. Saturday, Saturday probably changed some things. Yeah, like night and day difference, right? You watched the game; it was night and day. Even though Friday night was not fair, because even then that was shorthanded for the Hornets because they didn't have any players. But uh, JT four got sham godded by Thanasis Adenakumpo. Right. Like, well, hold on. So I would say this: there are a lot of folks that have already checked out on the Hornets. Uh, there was a guy on the text line a couple of minutes ago that was like, hey, okay, football season's over and the Hornets suck, so let's talk about something relevant like NASCAR, which is music to smoke's ears. Exactly. But my point is, I think the tra- the trades actually gave me – I'm already watching anyway, but if I'm a casual fan, you know, what happened Saturday, all right, cool. I, I, if you like basketball, I'm watching the rest of the year. Now, I'm going to say all this, and I'm going to get people – you know, excited to go watch the Hornets and they'll lose by 30 tonight, right? But I'm just saying, if you saw Saturday, to, to Dell's point, you you get some adults in the room, right? Michich and Bertans and Grant Williams and Seth Curry. You have an actual bench. And yes, you're taking on a Memphis Grizzlies team that lost John Morant for the season in the first month of January. So it's not the most formidable group that Memphis could put out there. But hey, Jaron Jackson Jr. still, there's still, still some dudes out there. Yeah. And... The Hornets go out there and just play lights out. They play lights out. They're, they look like a professional basketball team. And really, at the end of the day, we, that's all we ask is to be entertained and for you to put a good product on the floor. Yeah, we want playoffs. That's a reasonable request. And playoff series wins, no doubt. But for the here and now, at the very least, it was just light years, like night and day better than when we saw them last Wednesday, the night before the trade deadline, versus Saturday. And we can skip over Friday against the Bucks because, you know, there was almost nobody available. They were digging into the G League roster to fill the team on Friday. So I'll give, Bailey. I'll give him a pass on that one. But, yeah. man, Saturday was fun. Saturday was a whole if, if lot of fun. Sat, if the season, rest of the season can go a little bit more like Saturday in terms of how they play, I, I, I'll, I'll live through it. You know, it's like, okay, we're well, not going to win that many games anyway, but have a more fun style, more coherent. It just actually looked like you know what you're doing. 
Because a lot of those guys, they didn't know what they looked like they were doing. I mean, Woj, for crying out loud, said most of the guys that are on the bench for the Hornets this year aren't even going to be in the NBA next year. Yeah. That's pretty damning. Well, no, it was. I mean, Herman's photography, formerly known as Logo 704, just said Memphis would have whooped our old squad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't have. Yeah, that, that would have been a 20-point blowout. Especially if Jaron Jackson Jr. playing the way he was. I'm, and, and if nothing else, like you just heard Dell talk about um, Vasily Micic. He's a 30-year-old former Euro player of the year, EuroLeague player of the year. This is like, I mean, the best comparison I can make is this is like Ichiro, Ichiro, or Ichiro Suzuki. You know, you could name any other number of Japanese players. But, like, it's kind of like that, where he's he was the best player in the EuroLeague for a number of years. And he's like, yeah, I've done everything over here. i got to go try the NBA now. It's just usually the guys don't wait as long to go over there as Meechus did. Right. The only other guy that I think waited nearly as long was Sabonis. And you heard Dell there say they just saw OKC last week, and he tells Eric Collins, oh, that guy can play. And he's, he's like, how do you know? He's like, watch him. I, he, they, he can really play. And even OKC was like, we just don't have any minutes for him. They didn't hate him. They just don't have any minutes for him. They got studs on that team. So... We'll take him. I mean, look, you're not talking about a guy. He's a rookie 30-year-old point guard. He might have like three good years left in him. But I'm here for it. He's going to be one of those guys like three four years from now. We're going to be like, oh, yeah, remember him? Let's go to Smoke on the headlines. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Who is smoke? Where is smoke? <laughs> Where there's smoke, there's fire. Let's go. What you got over there? All right, first off, I want to let everyone know that this report is sponsored by InvisibleFence.com. Strong enough for a Mastiff, gentle enough for a Chihuahua. Oh, wow. Invisible Fence brand is more than a fence. With hands-on training and exclusive solutions to give your pet more room to run. Learn more at InvisibleFence.com. Kyle, it's been a great last couple of days for the Cardiac Cats of the 03 Panthers. Uh, yes, it has. Julius Peppers just got elected into the Hall of Fame on his first ballot. And earlier today, Deshaun Foster, who was going to be the running backs coach for the Las Vegas Raiders, decided, you know what? There's a bigger role for me. I'm going to be the next head coach of the UCLA Bruins, Kyle. Well, you, you just ruined my who balled out, but that's okay. I'm not mad at you. Um, what a cool story, right? What a very cool story for Deshaun Foster. He's been on staff there since, what, 2017, I believe, right? Yeah, he's been on there for a while, yeah. And he's a UCLA Bruin. He's, he's an alum. He's, he's a guy. He's a dude. UCLA dude. You got a young, by coaching standards, sort of a young, energetic hire here. He understands the DNA of the place. You know, Chip Kelly just hurt some feelings by leaving a head coaching position to go take the OC job, you know, leaving some folks out there questioning how good the job is. In the same conference. And if anybody's a believer in how good a place to be UCLA is, it's a guy like Deshaun Foster. So I, I love the hire for them. By the way, the players, I don't know if the, I think the video is out there. The players went crazy for him. I bet they did. What else you got? All right, moving on to the NFL. It was reported yesterday that Eagles All-Pro edge rusher Hassan Reddick has received permission 
to seek a trade following another disruptive season featuring double-digit sacks. The 29-year-old with 27 sacks over two seasons in Philly could land elsewhere. And Mike Kay of the Charlotte Observer pointed out... Oh, oh, oh I was going to quote him. Yeah. That, that, that Dan Morgan has the opportunity to do the funniest thing. <laughs> I was going to quote Mike Kay on this because it would be the funniest thing if Mike Kay was to, you know, remedy the mistake of his predecessor. They, they probably shouldn't have let us on Reddit go in the first place. Do you trade for him, though? Especially for 15 Yeah, but do you trade for him, though? That's no. the question. Especially him nearing 30. I just don't, yeah. yeah. You, you could, you'd, I'd sign him back, but I don't. I wouldn't trade for him, personally. All right, and massive news. A massive celebrity sports couple has broken up, Kyle. No, not that one. Uh, T-Sizzle T and uh, Travis are still going strong. But apparently, Larsa Pippen and Marcus Jordan have broken up after a year of dating per People Mag. Shocking. You mean all the relentless ragging that he took from his boys for dating a woman his mother's age? And the scorn of his father? You mean it finally had an effect? Yeah, I, I bet it did. Michael George's probably getting all the cigars to did. celebrate. Yeah, I bet it did. I would be too as a dad. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I got nothing against Larsa Pippen personally, but I'd have been begging my son to change his mind. Uh, we'll come back. We'll tell you who balled out. Scott Fowler. It's a very Charlotte radio program today. Steve Smith, Del Curry, and Scott Fowler in 19 minutes. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming up on a Tuesday edition of the Mac and Mojo, plenty of hoops recaps. The new look Hornets in action again, and Duke's taking on Wake. Oh, God. Duke's taking on Wake. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. 22 ticks on the clock. DeLone, good protection, throws in the end zone. Touchdown! Ricky Poole! It's going to be a drag race. Performers, big-time achievers, we call it Who Balled Out. It's powered by High Performance Real Estate Advisors and the biggest baller of them all, Thomas Elrod. Go to highperformancerealestate.com, and they'll see you at the closing table. Smoke, what you got? Bring out the brass bonanza. The Hartford or Carolina Hurricanes on Hartford Whalers night got a big win (laughs) on overtime over the Devils, a clean sheet for Peter Kutech. Yep. Yeah, and Sebastian Ajo got the game-winning goal last uh, Saturday 
Florida Hurricanes, or the Hartford Whalers. Ooh, I like that. Uh, I, I was going to go already with Deshaun Foster for uh, being hired as the next head coach of UCLA, and I still will, even though Smoke touched on that in the previous segment. I also wanted to throw out shout-outs to Vasily Micic, the 30-year-old Hornets rookie, uh, to Brandon Miller, who's dominating the month of February, to Steve Spagnolo, the greatest defensive coordinator all time, but also, and officially, to Aaron Fern, the head men's basketball coach of the Charlotte 49ers, more specifically, the permanent head coach of the 49ers, the 14th in program history, Mike Hill, director of athletics, announced earlier today that Aaron Fern's interim tag has been removed. He's the guy. He's getting the contract. Shout out. Congratulations. Tip of the cap to Aaron Fern. He balled out. My man's got himself a full-time job. The Aussie is here to stay. I love it, man. It's awesome. Yeah, and also close call for Charlotte last night against Temple. They had a 14-point lead, I believe, and it got down to two on the road, but they were able to bounce back after losing to South Florida. Still doing well in Conference USA play. It's like, I don't know how the season is going to end for them, Kyle, but no matter what, I can't, I don't, unless they completely crack the bed down the stretch, I don't see how you look at this year as nothing but a positive. I'm with you. Um, by the way, we'll talk about a lot of this with Scott Fowler coming up in about 11 minutes. Not not so much the 49ers, though we might get to that too. Um, we're going to we're gonna talk about the Hornets and the Panthers and, and all sorts of stuff. Scott Fowler coming up in uh, just about 10 minutes here. Big thanks to Del Curry. Um, I mean, again, I can't say enough about how much fun Saturday was, and maybe it's just that Hornets fans have been in a dungeon of doom for, for a while now, and you know, all of a sudden about a half dozen new players show up and it's a lot of fun on a Saturday night. Seth Curry's home, Rockin' Dell's number 30. Grant Williams comes back to town, and it was just fun, man. And, and they're doing it again tonight against the Indiana Pacers. But late last week, we had the trade deadline on Thursday where I thought Mitch Kupchak did really, really well for himself, right? That happened on Thursday. Earlier today, news breaks that Mitch Kupchak is, I, I guess, stepping down from his post as GM and president of basketball operations. I don't know if it's a step down or a lateral move or how they're classifying it over there, but he's going into an advisory role. So Mitch is going to be sticking around in that capacity, but they're looking for a new GM and professional or president of basketball operations. By the way, one of the early names, Trajan Langdon. How funny would it be to go from all these friends of Mike and Carolina guys over the year to having a dookie running the show for the Charlotte Hornets. That, and if uh, I know Elton Brands also mentioned this, but I think Langdon is the one you go after considering how much depth New Orleans has. Well, right. I mean, he's done a really good job in New Orleans. So Trajan Langdon, who is what, the assistant GM down there, I believe? I mean, he's he's getting an interview is what it sounds like. Um, And I'm very intrigued by that. But Mitch Kupchak moving on, as we all thought would be the case. And he met, he held court with the press on Friday. Listen to what he says about the involvement of new Hornets ownership going into the trade deadline. You know, I did this in L.A. for many years, and um, I think Dr. Buss came to, you know, one trade deadline uh, meeting. And, you know, with uh, Michael, Michael was very involved, didn't come very often, but Gabe and Rick, you know, uh, you could feel their energy. They were in the building. Uh, very, very, very involved, you know, to be honest with you, shockingly knowledgeable that I didn't realize that they had, you know, so much knowledge about the players and, um, you know, we met every day, uh, beginning last week, you know, we had a room where, you know, six or eight of us met and very involved, very energetic, um, very passionate. And, you know, every owner that I've been with, it, there's been some, you know, a lot of good stuff. Um, so I'm not saying one's better than another, 
but but this was great. All right, this was great. He referred to them, Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin, as shockingly knowledgeable. Now, I got to thinking about this, right? I also saw something on Twitter earlier where a Hornets fan had emailed Rick Schnall, new Hornets owner, to thank him for the trade deadline moves, to profess his lifelong love of the Hornets and his lifelong fandom of the Hornets, not thinking he'd get any sort of response. And Rick Schnall apparently emailed him right back, not only to say thank you, but to say, hey, I'll find you at the game tomorrow. And then he did. And the guy took a picture with him. So then I started thinking, all right, well, wasn't that long ago that, you know, David Tepper was doing some cool stuff <laughs> showing up at press conference or showing up at tailgates and roaring riot, yeah. Yeah, roaring riot stuff and still popping up at the doghouse. And everybody was like, what a man of the people, right? What a, what a blue collar billionaire man of the people. So I'm like, all right, let's all be, let's, let's not forget the recent past here. Um, because this is what you're, you're effectively listening to right there is the description of involved ownership. And there's been a lot of griping about way too involved ownership here for the last several months on FNZ. Now, I think there's a, a lot of discernment one can draw between the proper, or a lot of distinction, rather, between the proper levels of involvement and being overly involved. How, how does all that strike you, Smoke, real quick before we step aside? Are you excited or is it, oh man, David Tepper was super involved too? I think cautious. Okay. I think cautious either way, cautious concern or cautious optimism. I think... Given the moves they made, it's more cautious optimism right now. But you can't go too far to get one way or the other. Remember, this team is still 11 and 41. Yep. So this isn't going to fix anything right now. I, I do think that this could be a sign that they are moving in the right direction. But also, I, my, I'll put it to you this way. My optimism will get, be really higher if they get Langdon as their GM, the Alaskan assassin. Okay. Because that, that really shows, okay, this guy, he's done a lot of great work in New Orleans, and he could possibly do the same here. All right, let's talk about it all next with longtime Charlotte Observer sports columnist, a Charlotte sports institution. Scott Fowler joins me next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.